You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today live from Oxnard is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how's training camp treating you? Uh, so far, so good. It's, uh, it's nice and cool uh, down here in, near the beach. I mean, Oxnard's close to the water. That's why it's so cool. In the afternoon, they get like a nice ocean layer, which makes it even cooler. But I'm boiling hot in my car while I'm doing this little interview for you guys. Yeah, I, I can't say that I'm... Uh, um, upset this is this is nice don't have to rub it in that's all right it's it's nice watching you guys go to training camp and doing all the work and i just add my little comment here and there on twitter and it's all the same but um (laughs) coming up on today's show uh we are actually recording this on wednesday afternoon uh landon is getting ready for uh the wednesday night practice but we're going to talk a little bit about uh the cowboys tuesday afternoon Uh, practice because I think it was one of the better ones that they've had so far. Uh, They had a lot of competing uh, between the offense and defense. And just from what we could see from the little clips, uh, your periscope was fantastic. It it really gave us a a good breakdown of what was going on in camp. Um, But I want to ask you about this defense because from what we have seen, this these defensive backs are really playing at a high level. I kind of think they kicked the receivers' butts yesterday. Tell us a little bit about some of the compete periods the Cowboys had yesterday between the offense and defense. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, from from the no context view, for sure, like it, it, any layperson could have seen that the defense was kicking the offense's butt yesterday. I mean, it was. Uh, you know, people obviously have gone gone on about Chidobe Wuze, and, and for for good reason, he looked really good uh, all throughout camp. Made a couple different plays. Um, in general, I mean, I just feel like the defense, whether it was Demarcus Lawrence um, or whether you know it was uh, Jalen or Vander Ash, who both you know kind of did some different stuff at different times. Um, you know, to, uh, you know, also Byron Jones still, you know, kind of putting up uh, good rep after good rep. I, I just feel like, uh, the defense top to bottom, uh, was, you know, solid with very few, uh, you know, let ups. Um, and, but I also think that, you know, just kind of in the offense's defense, I, I, I think that a lot of what, um, I, I think, a lot of the, the negativity of stuff has been extrapolated. I think it hasn't been put into context. The one thing that, that I feel like was happening a lot yesterday, and this was pointed out by Broadus, I think, at some point, um, is that they were playing a lot of zone yesterday. And that, yeah. was, and that was forcing, you know, the offense to kind of have to try to dink and dunk it, you know, because that's what, that, you know, that Zach was taking what the, the defense was giving them. Um, and so, you know, and then I think that there was some talk about, you know, Zach, generally struggling with passing down the field. And, and I, I mean, I think there has been two or three, you know, kind of highly discussed reps of, of Dak either, you know, perceived missing a field. But, you know, a couple of those have been – I think a lot of what's going on is, is Dak is still finding his way with his receiver. You know, like, you know, there was definitely – there was one yesterday where Deontay Thompson was going down the field uh, and – 
Dak threw it, and he didn't even put his and Deontay Johnson didn't even put his hands up. And that, you know, to the layperson is going to make Dak look bad. But really, if you go back and see, right. what was happening is that Deontay Johnson didn't get wide enough on his route, and he needed to be closer to the sideline because he created all this separation, but he still hadn't, you know, he got so roughed up in the in mid route by Byron Jones that he wasn't where he needed to be in order to be able to be, be able to make a play on that ball. So, you know, I, I think there's still a lot of context to, to, you know, put a lot of this stuff. So I think you're still trying to get general trends on stuff. And for every one of those, you know, there's a, uh, a two-man drill where you know, they have two wide receivers and two DBs. Uh, and Tavon Austin is streaking down the sideline, and Dak lays it up perfectly for him in stride for a touchdown. You know, because that is happening too. I don't know how much that that play was reported. You know, so I, yeah, I, that one was on Twitter a lot. I think I think people saw that one, and good, uh, good. we're seeing a little bit more rub routes from the Cowboys. Correct? Well, I see. I think this is you know, it's funny when that was that whole period was going on. I was uh, standing like right behind David Hellman, and uh, I I asked him. I was like, hey do you remember them doing this drill? And he said he did. I, I do remember them doing kind of, uh, you know, two-man route combo drills. But, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think the idea is that, they, I, that we saw a little bit more of them, uh, you know, motioning to stack and then, like, you know, yeah, using each other's releases to get each other free. It, it felt like there was a lot more coordination in that um, in, in this drill specifically than I remember in previous years. So I would not be surprised to see uh, that become more of a regular part of, of how they're trying to get these guys open. All right, so yesterday at practice, you charted the Cowboys personnel, just the kind of the groups that were on the field, and it seemed like there was a lot of 11 personnel, uh, but even within 11, you know, a lot of different players in the 11 personnel. So uh, you don't have to tell us about every single, you know, grouping and stuff, but just can you generally talk about what you charted yesterday? Yeah, basically what I was charting, and I, it's hard to describe over text, but basically the only, only thing I was charting is when the first team was out there, and it was 11 on 11. So I, I, I only charted first team and only when it was a full 11 on 11, not skeleton stuff. Um, and, and I basically just wanted to see, you know, kind of get an early jump on personnel grouping uh, deployment, like variation and that sort of thing. And, and just to kind of, again, again, because I, I think this is important, the context here is that yesterday seemed to be a nickel kind of, you know, spread passing practice, you know, like, because even those 12 formations that I had listed there, they, they were mostly run out of uh, spread concepts, where um, uh, where Jarwin, who's, uh, if you look at this picture, uh, the picture, I, and I'm, a, I'm sorry, because I don't have these in front of me, but if you look at the, 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 the card that has the you know, I think it was uh, 11 personnel, 12 personnel, 11 personnel, 12 personnel, or so, you know, basically where they're plopping back and forth in the second half. Um, those 12 personnel, uh, uh, you know, most of them, first of all, one of them is supposed to, I, I added a correction addendum later, one of them is supposed to be 22 personnel. And it's actually, I put right. the right right lower, the right players in there, I just labeled it wrong. So if you see the one that has them in 20, uh, 12 personnel that has 49, who, who is Maze Olawali, that's actually meant to be 22 personnel. Uh, but even the ones that are supposed to be 12 personnel, you know, Jarwin is usually split out in the in the slot as a slot type receiver. I mean, he's definitely a tight end, 
but you know he's lined up on the line of scrimmage, but in you know from the from the slot formation. So, um, yeah, it, it, even though you, you're seeing a lot more eleven and twelve, and I think as in general when we speak, you know, we say yeah, that, those are kind of tend to be the uh, the the personnel the groups that they use the most or that they you know, tend to go to the most. Um, it still looks a little different than it has previously, you know. And I think you know, someone people are rightfully kind of you know suggesting that this is maybe what they had in mind for when um, Escobar was here, if he had panned out a little bit better, if he'd got more reps. Is this kind of you know, you've got one tight end who's closer to the formation, off the line of scrimmage, motioning, and that's been Swaim. And then um, Jarwin on the line of scrimmage, basically running routes as a receiver, and um, and so that, and that's been interesting. And then, then one more thing, just real quick. Uh, well, two more things, real quick. There was a lot of O two and O one personnel, which was I, I I'm thought seeing. Was, that. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, that's very interesting. That was very interesting to me. So, and, and actually, a couple of those, I think, pretty sure all of those O two personnel. Um, there was a, uh, you know, again, those were all spread concepts. So, um, you know, they were definitely a case where um, they're trying to, uh, you know, look at some different options, even with Zeke not on the field, uh, to spread this, spread, spread teams out and to attack them uh, a couple different ways. So uh, I thought that was interesting. And then one of those 11 personnel, um, I think it's probably, if I remember correctly, the first 11 personnel after those grouping of O2s. Um, yep, I'm looking at it right now. Go ahead and, is, go ahead and tell is, me is, the, the players. I can help you out. Is, is Beasley in that grouping? Yes. Beasley started out at, at, at the running back spot and then was motioned out into into uh, out wide. So, I mean, they're, they're definitely doing a lot more kind of interesting lining these guys up in spots, moving them out around. We, you know, we haven't quite seen them do the full tilt of, I feel like, what they're going to do with Tavon yet. Um, but I mean, as you can see, uh, in that, in that, from that list, uh, he was used heavily. I mean, he's not, he wasn't getting like, he's getting starting wide receiver kind of rep numbers at this point. Right. So if you look at this card, um, you know, you have six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, you have 12 basically plays that the Cowboys use, uh, in the 12 different personnel groupings. Of the 12, I think Tavon was in on on eight of the 12 plays, and then the next highest receiver was Beasley. So is it fair to say that Beasley and Tavon really might be the Cowboys' you know, top two passing weapons in this offense? Uh, I would say that without a doubt, uh, just from my naked eye and not counting, that matches up with what I – I mean, maybe not that that's a prediction I think he's going to have, but as far as, like, Number of snaps, like number of times. Right, I've correct. Seen this, I, right, right. I would see that Beasley and Tavon definitely. That's consistent with what I've seen throughout camp. That those two guys are the guys getting the most snaps at the. You know, you know those are the guys. And that shouldn't be that surprising. No, it really shouldn't be because Beasley's Beasley's probably the one guy on the roster that you can count on getting open the most frequently, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and, and even on the outside, we've seen it too. And um, I, I think that. Um, you know, when you look at who's leading the drills, like who's who's the guy, first guy out there and stuff, it's usually those guys. It's usually Tavon. It's usually Beasley. So, um, yeah, like that's. I mean, I I I, I didn't get a chance to see the wide receiver DBs 
compete drill, uh, you know, the, the one-on-ones. I mean, I saw the team compete drill where they go overall, but I, I was on the other side of the field for uh, when the wide receivers were going against DBs just kind of uh, before all that. And so I didn't get to see what that was all like yesterday, but uh, I'm going to be over on that side of the field today. So I will be interested to see how those guys continue to get rolled out. All right, so I've got a question about the tight ends because we were talking about Blake Jarwin and Jeff Swaim um, and how the Cowboys are kind of using them. Uh, can you kind of tell me like their their skill sets each and which one do you think uh, you know plays better out of the spread package, you know, better out of the slot? Which guy do you think fills each role for the Cowboys this year? Now, I do have to mention real quick, uh, Dalton Schultz was not at practice yesterday, I don't yeah. believe. I think... Uh, his wife just had a baby. Uh, and then Rico, from the looks of our chart here, Rico didn't get any snaps with, oh, uh, no, I no, want to no. call this the ones and the tees, no, no, right? No, no. Yeah, the ones. No, yeah, he didn't get any snaps with the ones, no. Is no. the Rico dream dead? I mean, I, yeah, this, I, mean, I, I kind of want to see David Wells get more snaps over him. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, really? I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in, in Rico Gathers. Because I just don't think he can do enough to compensate. I don't think the, the the occasional amazing play that we you know think he's making against third teamers running basic coverage is really you know is really worth worth unless he unless he comes out here in pads and is just crushing dudes and he can be make it as a blocker somehow uh, then you can go there. But he's just not like he's slow. He's not. He's plodding. He's not fluid at all. Uh, the extra weight doesn't seem to help him because I, I definitely think he looks uh, slower than he did in previous seasons. Maybe, but I don't know that he ever. I don't know that he ever really looked. You know, like fluid or or, or elite sure. like that. He's not Jimmy Graham or what or uh, uh, Antonio Gates. He's just not okay. that. Not okay. the same athlete. You know. This is going to make so many fantasy football people sad to hear you talk bad about Rico Gathers. But anyway, uh, let's go back to to Blake Jarwin, Jeff Swain. Talk a little bit about their yeah. game and how the Cowboys are using them. I mean, I think that if you think about, I mean, again, like I think if you go back to Witten and Escobar uh, as as at least the the strengths and weaknesses, but obviously not you know in the same proportions for either one of those guys, right? Like. Like, uh, you know, Jarwin is, I think, already a better, I think, a better route runner than, than Escobar was. Um, he's, he seems to be just much more of a fluid kind of athlete. Um, but, I mean, even, like, he is very much a wide receiver in a tight end body. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, what, what's that kid from uh, Detroit? Farina, was that his name? A couple years uh, ago, Joseph Joseph Fourier was that the guy? Maybe I'm getting the names wrong, but the guy that was he played wide receiver. He was like six seven, like you know, like six six, real long. Yeah, four. Yeah, like that guy. Like that's that's who I keep thinking of when I see him. Like he is a tight end, but I you know the times I've seen him block, he's nothing more than a shield blocker, and he still needs work to work on that um, a little bit, but. Could, could could he be a lesser version of Zach Ertz? Because that's kind of what Ertz yeah, is. He's the yeah. oversized receiver who Absolutely. doesn't do much as a blocker, Absolutely. but makes his you know makes it makes his money you know 
catching balls, you know, within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage and making plays after the catch. Yeah, and, they're, and the other thing, too, is that they're deploying him in the same way. You know, they're, 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 they're putting him in the slot and, and, and they're making him run routes. I mean, he's not, you know, lining up with his hand on the ground. Like, he, that's, he's just not. Like, I mean, I think he, I've seen him do it a couple times, but, uh, and, and I, you know, honestly, and a lot of it I think is because we haven't seen goal line or I, I don't know, but I mean, I haven't seen a ton of them just lining up in like hands on the ground, 12 personnel. I guess I haven't seen just a great. lot. I love it. Um, but that, uh, but that, that could, could also be, be a, a thing like goal. once pads. Schultz not being there, you know? Yeah. Well, well uh, I would... both those things. I think Schultz not being there yeah. and, and them not having, we haven't, we've only had three pad of practice. So, you know, I, I don't right. know. I think they probably aren't trying to kill these guys early on in camp. You know, they're probably trying to get the basics down. And then, you know, later on in camp, then they'll practice hitting and more full contact drills. But yeah, the first week and a half of camp, they're probably not uh, going to be trying to just play smash mouth football in, in Oxnard. Yeah, that, that, that might be very true. It could just be a function of that. All right, the last question I have for us today uh, is about Chris Richard. I, I think yesterday was the day when Cowboy fans realized uh, what type of coach Chris Richard is. Uh, I saw a couple of different videos uh, of him uh, cheering on his defensive backs, getting into some to some uh, discussions with some of the other receivers, namely uh, Lance Lenore. Uh, just talk to us a little bit about Chris Richard's coaching style and what he has these guys doing out there in Oxnard. Uh, sorry, I lost you for a second. You still there? That's okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, go ahead. If, I'll, if, I'll if, say if, the question if, again. This is what happens when you get live, uh, live on the side broadcast, folks. <laughs> is, uh, you know, I, I, I lose people for a second. Sorry, ask the question one more time. No, that's fine. Uh, I said Chris Richard yesterday uh, was probably the star of practice from anybody who was following on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, he was extra excited. He was cheering on his defensive backs. Uh, he was getting into little scuffles with some of the receivers, uh, specifically Lance Lenore. Talk to us a little bit about Chris Richard's coaching style uh, and what you've seen from him out there in Oxnard. Well, I mean, it was funny because obviously, first of all, Lance Lenore, that dude, I mean, I love these people are talking about necessarily how passionate he got because <laughs> he got yeah heated man he got real heated and he was screaming at the coach i mean let, let's be clear he was screaming <laughs> at jordan lewis but then later when uh richard was was screaming he was screaming back to the coach he goes why don't you shut your mouth coach like <laughs> and it was funny, <laughs> love man. it and and you know what's funny is that uh i think uh brought it um reported maybe this morning in one of the talking Cowboys, whatever show they're on right now, that um, that that Jordan tried to jump back into the, the, the drill and Richard pulled him out and he said, you don't dictate uh, who runs these drills. Um, nice. That's not, that's not what he said, actually. He said, he doesn't dictate who runs these drills. So he was talking, and I think it's funny, it's important to point that out because he wasn't saying, Jordan, you don't run these drills. He was saying to Jordan, hey, he doesn't run these drills. Like, we run right. these drills. I'll put the DBs out that I want against this dude. He doesn't want any of you. And basically was the point. Is that like, you know, you've already shown him, let's get some other lesser guys on him. So I thought it was even more of a, you know, kind of a, uh, in your face, like, you know, rile up. And it was great. I mean, I, I again, 
as much concern as there's been about, you know, energy levels or any of that, like, it's been an improvement, not not a degrading from uh, in that, as far as I can tell. These pattern practices, every single one of them, has been very spirited. And, and that's not, that hasn't always been the case. Like, you come to these, and sometimes it takes them a couple days to kind of get things going a little bit. You usually have to wait, you know, uh, you know, a couple practices, at least three or four, before you start getting your, your you know, fights going. And, man, we've already, you know, three padded practices in have had a brawl in the first day and uh, coaches and players yelling at each other in this practice. So I, I, I'm, I love the, the spirit of, of the, these guys. And, uh, and especially, you know, uh, on the defense, I mean, they are – they're playing with a level of swag that I, I don't know that they've had in a while. Yeah, you you could just see from the videos. I saw Chris Richard was holding one of the tackling dummy, dummies, and he was he was getting tackled. His intensity is fantastic, and I'm really excited to and see. Ben Bloom uh, too. Did, I got we got to throw yeah a Bloom yeah because, go ahead because, because Richard gets a lot of the credit as he should. Rod Marinelli is Rod Marinelli. Everyone knows Rod Marinelli. I think we know that <laughs> that dude, even though he's only got one leg that can bend, he's going to move and get up on your ass real fast. But but Ben Bloom, I mean, not only is he high energy yelling at dudes, and, and let me be clear, I've been watching Ben coach for years. Like, he's he's been around this team for a long time, and every single year you come out here and you're like, who's that dude again? Oh, that's Ben Bloom. But now he's, you know, the linebackers coach, and he's become a, a animated lie. He's yelling at these dudes when, when uh, Quiro, what's his name, Quirio, Joe, Joe. Uh, yeah, yeah. But at one point he he screwed up a drill, and man, Bloom let that dude have it. Oh my gosh, he like he pulled him off. Like, Get your A off the field if you're going to be like this. No, 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 no. And every time you know Jalen's making a good play, he's screaming so. You know, it's, it's contagious. It's top to bottom on that side of the ball as far as, you know, that level of increased energy, um, uh, that level of kineticism that's, that's uh, been really infectious. And that's the kind of defense that Rod Marinelli wants. He wants a defense that's going to rally to the football and it's going to feed, feed off of each other. Um, and I think you're just starting to see, you know, the benefits of Marinelli getting his type of players in here in Dallas. You got a lot of guys that, you know, just love football. They're around the ball all the time. I think you'll start to see that even more like once Leighton Vander Esch starts to, to get some more playing time. And we know Xavier Woods is like that, and Sean Lee and. It's, it's an exciting uh, defense to head into the season. I'm really excited to see how the addition of Chris Richard as the passing game coordinator and Ben Bloom into a bigger role impacts the Cowboys. So that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. Make sure that you guys check out his Periscopes. I believe you've been doing them on the Best Coast Boys uh, Twitter account, right? Yeah. I've been doing it from there. Yeah, those are absolutely fantastic. I mean, you're you're basically right at practice with Landon doing those. So uh, I'll make sure I tweet them out. But go ahead and watch those. Uh, rewatch them from the last couple of days. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys, and of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.